0: This is the Armed Subject Matter Expert podcast, hosted by Justin Poulin. Tune in every month as we speak with industry experts to highlight success stories and solutions from the field that advance the healthcare supply chain. And now, Justin Poulin, with this month's expert. This is Justin Bullen from Power Supply. We're here live at the Arm 23 Conference in Orlando. I have the pleasure of speaking now with Alan Edwards, Vice President, Supply Chain Solutions Group at Mary Washington Healthcare. We're going to talk about recruiting supply chain talent from outside healthcare. I can tell you at the conference in many sessions and even just side conversations in the hallways with folks, we've heard so much about how do we recruit people into positions that are open? How do we keep them in those positions? And Alan here has some experience with recruiting supply chain talent from outside of healthcare. That's going to be the conversation for today. Alan, thank you so much for coming on and joining me.
1: You're welcome, Justin. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So why don't we talk a little bit about the crisis, right? There's a reason this is a hot topic right now at the conference. It's a reason it keeps coming up in different presentations, not always the focal point of the presentation, but it's something that's getting acknowledged consistently that we really need to bring talent in and we need to be able to bring that talent up to a certain level because even the role of the buyer, as we discussed in one of my podcasts, is changing rapidly right now.
1: I think for me, just everything that's influenced us over the last three years in particular, and and the pandemic is the pandemic, it's in the past, but it caused us to do business differently. And I think as a result of that, you've know, you got the perfect storm coming. It's the, the great resignation, people who've been in supply chain, a lot of knowledge and expertise, those people who were trailblazers, have decided it's time for that next gen. And sometimes that next gen isn't readily available within your internal staff. And so you have to look outside. And I think those are the things that a lot of people are looking for inside tips on how you do that and be successful at it. Yeah, I feel like identifying skill sets
0: that transfer from other industries is probably one of the key, I would say, strategies or abilities. I don't know. Is that a soft skill? Is that a hard skill? But I feel like that identifying how they can take their experience and relate it to a role that you may be trying to fill in your organization is really one of the key
1: ingredients to success with that strategy. I think the you know, one of the things that I've seen with uh, hires from outside the organization, whether it be in supply chain operations or on the sourcing or value analysis team, is that you know, making sure that you drive home the fact, you know, everyone always asks, what's different about healthcare than, for example, working retail or wholesale distribution? And I always say the the difference is the widgets, if you will, that you are trying to inventory or source are to help someone in one of the worst times of their life. They're, they're facing a healthcare crisis, having a procedure done, and we, we don't do rain checks in healthcare. So you can't say, come back next week and we'll have that off of back order for you. So I think that that's been one of the things that's been most helpful, making sure they understand what they're getting into as they move uh, from that non healthcare sector uh, in, into taking care of people and uh, really having an impact on patient outcomes. I'd say the people that are the most successful in this industry have a great deal of
0: passion for it. And I think it's because they do understand the level of importance and the impact that they're having on people's lives. Right. And so that's probably that definitely is a soft skill that you're probably evaluating for. But, you know, even as we talk about, you know, I guess a staffing crisis, one of the things that occurred to me just as we were talking leading up to the interview, you know, we got a chance to to meet and kind of connect ahead of time. I just started thinking about this, but I hear some places talking about having to do layoffs, and then I hear other places talking about how they can't find good talent to fill open positions. I find that uniquely opposite, you know, or contradictory in a way, and yet somehow we're existing in an environment where both of those things are coexisting. How's that possible?
1: I think that in, you know, the financial pressures today uh, on healthcare providers, if you will, they are. Probably more intense than I've ever seen in my entire career, and so what we are seeing is pressure from the inside. Working for the CFO, you know, he's about the bottom line, and so we've been fortunate in my organization not to have experienced a layoff. But I can tell you that every day I, I look at some type of news wire bulletin where an organization has laid people off, and so I think that puts a little bit of fear and makes people a little gun shy about coming into healthcare. How how can I you know, bring you in and the question they want to know is, how's job security? Five years ago, ten years ago, I would said it's great, people are always going to need health care. Today is like people, you know, organizations are looking at cutting service lines and then the support functions that go with them. So I don't have quite the solid business case from a security perspective that I might have had from a recruiting perspective. That was a hook that I had before. Come to healthcare, it's solid, it's never going to go away. And today we're finding that The labor pool has shrunk, but I think those financial pressures are causing senior leaders to look really hard at who do we have and what value do they bring to the organization.
0: We do need to maximize value in not just our staff, but everything that we do, every minute that we put into it right now, because as you mentioned, the financial pressures, it's really, really tight. The margin for error has been reduced to really (laughs) almost nil. Now, we talk about this competitive landscape, and part of the reason that we're having this conversation is how to recruit from outside, but we also lose our talent to outside as well because – all of a sudden there's this very competitive labor market and you know you may you may find not just wages but maybe people are intimidated just in general by the responsibility of healthcare and so they may want to take some of that stress or that pressure off and there are like these new opportunities you know in our communities to work other jobs outside of the industry and still make you know, I'd say significantly good wages too. So can you describe that competitive landscape and what you've seen, you know, especially as it relates to your staff?
1: Sure. I think one of the things that, that to me that I've always tried to champion is the importance of supply chain to the organization and the value that they bring. And so I think we're hearing a lot of that here at ARM from our peers about how do you get that, that full value and paint that picture for the C-suite. But I have lost people. Who have went to work for something what I'm going to call less stressful. So we had someone who became a director of sourcing for a dental chain, 40 dental practices across the country. More money, Monday through Friday, no pressures from healthcare, less stress for them. And so you know, our advice was take take that. We can't compete with with that. And so I think that that's always going to be a risk for us. Is that our supplier partners. We know for fact our GPO partners, our distributor partners. There are many instances where you could leave the provider community and go to work for one of those and probably be compensated better than you are if you're in healthcare in that provider setting. So, So you're kind of saying turnover is inevitable. I absolutely think you need to plan for turnover. It's going to happen. You can't stop it. For example, our operations or supply techs you know, people come in and say, well, you know, am I going to be working in a warehouse? And we would say, hey, you're going to get to wear pajamas all day and tennis shoes, right? And so it's like scrubs and tennis, but you're also going to walk 10 miles a day as you're restocking all the floors. <laughs> but you don't need a gym
0: membership. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> so I think that, you yeah, know, it really is, you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you need a hook and you need to be able to recruit people to they they have to want to come to work for you and so i think part of that is is how you present yourself in the interview and at the end of that interview do they say hey i want to go work with those crazies in the supply chain uh, or do they say i don't want any piece of that i'm going to go back to something that i feel is safer for me so so where do we find
0: the talent then like i know we're going to drill this down to outside healthcare, but there are lots of places to find you know People to fill open positions, right? So what are some options that we have?
1: So for me, I always lean first towards my inside talent. And I think that when you've been in leadership and management for a few years, you start to get an eye for talent. I won't say that's a hundred percent across the board because there are always, you know, some promotions or positions that you say that that I question how that person got to where they are. That's the reality of, of where we are. But you know, one of the things that we do is we assess risk very carefully internally. And we look at things such as, is the hiring manager seasoned? Are they new themselves? What does their supporting cast look like? Can they bring somebody new into the environment and invest in them? So when we onboard someone in our supply chain organization, we commit to probably between 15 and 20 hours a week with that individual one-on-one to get them up to speed. And it's like, well, How long does that take? And and we have someone who's in that position right now. When am I going to get there? And we said, remember when we talked to you, we told you that it could take 12 to 18 months to learn the hospital supply chain. It's not like procurement and logistics in another sector or in the military. So I think, you know, those people just have to be able to say, can I take that risk on them? And I do feel like you have to take risk to be able to to get people to want to stay in the game because back to your previous comment if I don't show you that there's an opportunity here you will take your talents elsewhere I like the setting expectations
0: aspect that you just laid out there hey 12 to 18 months we know you're experienced that's why we brought you in but healthcare is this unique beast and I would say Probably a big part of that 12 to 18-month period, too, is also getting them to just build the types of relationships, especially with the frontline clinicians, that it's required to really move the organization. So you may have all the knowledge, but it's going to take – and believe me, I'm a nurse. I know we're an inside culture. It could take 12 to 18 months just for you to build those relationships within that culture so that you can take those great ideas and have people be receptive to them and build trust and that's do you feel like that is a big part of that 12 to 18 month curve as much as it is just learning the differences between another industry and healthcare
1: Absolutely you know all the quirks and nuances of of healthcare every service line is different every to me nursing role depending on where you are are doing you know practicing your skills have different requirements. And so one of the things that we talk to our new people about is being able to establish those relationships and being able to understand walk walk the walk, if you will, in that person's shoes. So we always say, put yourself in the shoes of the customer. They are taking care of a patient. If they're in ICU, it's it's critical. There's, there's high stress. It's someone's loved one that they're taking care of. So we operate under the Everyone that we take care of is someone's loved one. And so put yourself in that shoes as you do that. Build a relationship with them and understand their situation. Are all customer requests reasonable? No. A lot of them are emotional. And so I have a problem right now. I need you to fix it. And I'm going to yell. And I'm going to bully my way till we get resolution. Once you peel back the emotions and find out that there was a legitimate need, I think that people start to go, okay, I understand relationships now. So we have someone who is exactly what you just described, 30 plus years management and leadership, new to healthcare, the importance for them is to be able to learn the relationships. Who does what in the organization? What is their role? What's their scope of responsibility? And they kind of had a light bulb moment last week after about six or seven months in, in the job and they were like, hey, I'm starting to get that thing about making sure you understand, because." what we think may be something small is big in their world. And so I said, so where we have to do is kind of you know, align the universes, if you will, and say, your, your problem is this small circle in a bigger circle, but it's just as important to us. And so I think that relationship piece is key to success in bringing someone on, on board from outside you know, if they're gonna be successful.
0: So I'm assuming, and maybe you can layer this into several best practices in evaluating talent, I feel like this is a hard one when you're maybe doing an interview, like how do you really figure out if they have the right kind of relationship skill set to be successful in that, you know, with what we just discussed, like what are some best practices for evaluating that and identifying, okay, this person might have supply chain knowledge or they might have management or leadership experience, but how do we really evaluate whether or not they have the right, I don't know, personality prototype for healthcare?
1: All right. Sitting here thinking as you're, you're laying that out, because at the end of every interview, I always say, do they get it? And, and so then, you know, we kind of have that chuckle around the room and then it's either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And I think, you know, when you ask about best practices, to me, it's how did they interact in the, in the interview? Did they give me, are they an interview gamer? If you will, we we have people who to me could, you know, probably get paid to do interviews because they're professional at it They give you all the text. Maybe because they have had too many of them. (laughs) Well, that's a great point. But I think for me, one of the best practices that I found is that I have an interview partner. And so that interview partner over the course of 10 years, we know each other and we know where the line of questioning goes. So if the questions all of a sudden veer to the left, they know that I'm probing for something to get a little more information about that person. If I miss something, they'll put the hook out and pull me back towards that. But I think it's that interaction. We really stress you know, the environment to the candidates. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, one is like you said earlier, the leadership and management piece. If somebody's got those skills, you, you have to assume they're a good leader looking at their resume or they wouldn't be there is those other skills that you want to know how you know will they play well with others in the organization those those kind of things so for me the key is i got an interview partner and at the you know if i put my pencil down in an interview she knows i'm done because the person has either not engaged with us or they've given us answers that you're like they're they're not going to be a good fit and unfortunately you just have to to do those things and so that, that would be my best advice for people. Find somebody that is not afraid to tell you if you miss something, you're not afraid to tell them because at the end, you're trying to make a very critical selection for your team.
0: Yeah, I can see where that partnership is also validating. Like if you can both be in agreement, then you've got the right one. All right, last question. Give me an example of somebody that you hired out of healthcare. You don't have to obviously give their name or anything, but give us the the demographic or the biographic of, you know, somebody that you brought in from outside of healthcare and how they did as they came into the organization.
1: Sure. I actually have um, multiple experiences with that in in a couple of different organizations. And I can tell you that the most recent one is that we hired someone from the military and had 30 plus years of experience in logistics and warehousing. And so bringing them into our environment, they went from having all the experience and being at the top of the supply chain spectrum in their world to having to start to make that climb again. And so it can tear at somebody's self-confidence, if you will, because it's like, I, I don't know what the answer is. And so I'm asking a, a lot of questions. I'm, I'm not sure. And then they start to you know see some self-doubt. And so for me, you have to be able to go back to them, pull them back. Re-instill, uh, re-emphasize with them that you are the right person for the job. This is just that growing pains, that 12 to 18 months that we talked about. Right now, uh, you know, like I had mentioned before, the, the light bulb moments are starting to happen now, six or seven months in, it's like, okay, I get it, it's new, I'm learning. I have to grow myself and grow those relationships if I'm gonna be successful for the long haul. All right. Alan Edwards, Vice
0: President, Supply Chain Solutions Group at Mary Washington Healthcare. Alan, great insights. And there were definitely two or three really good key takeaways that I think the audience could put into practice after listening to this interview. Anything you want to add? No. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Look forward to seeing you at the rest of the conference. Yeah. This this has been a great conference and uh, glad we had a chance to meet in person. Everybody, definitely stay tuned. More interviews coming up. We did 12 of them here at ARM23 in Orlando. Great conference this year. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ARM Subject Matter Expert Podcast. For additional resources, visit our website at arm.org. That's A-H-R-M-M dot Tune in next month for another edition of the ARM Subject Matter Expert Podcast.